Hi everyone, welcome to our Cheetah Fireside Chat. We have two special guests here from the Bankless DAO community, Frogmonkey and Grindel. Guys, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, thank you. Very happy to be here with you. Now, there's a lot of people in DeFi that know about you guys. I, I think if, if you're in DeFi, you know Bankless DAO. Even if you're not in DeFi, you know about Bankless. I feel like you guys are the gateway to for a lot of people into crypto. So really excited to hear about what you guys do and a little bit more about you guys personally. Um, I, I think it would be a good place to start to hear about you guys personally and uh, how you got into crypto. Oh, Frog, if you want, I start. So I I was a developer. I am a developer, but uh, no, not uh, I'm not uh, doing a lot right now. I'm more a project manager right now. I moved also to marketing a lot, and um, I always uh, uh, follow the crypto. But then I started uh, working on crypto on 2017, uh, the, the good years, let's say. And uh, uh, this is how I started. I started collaborating with uh, some projects, uh, um, following uh, accounts, of course, on Twitter and uh, Step by step, uh, I was able to um, more, be more involved with crypto with the many different projects. Uh, and uh, at the end, uh, I, uh, me and as many others, and I thank you, uh, decide to start my involvement with the DAOs too. Yeah, awesome. And so you said you kind of were in the, in the mix in the 2017 um what was like that was that was when a lot of hype was going on like kind of what was like what were you doing within like the the down spells of uh of crypto oh well everything as uh, anyone <laughs> out there so a little bit of development uh, some marketing some community management uh, um writing posts uh, in the same year i also started my my it company uh, once once uh, dedicated to consulting and uh, we were developing smart content since then so for me was uh, both uh, something very so, was both on chain and off chain let's say but my involvement on crypto grow day by day until now i can i can say right now i am 90% or maybe 95% uh, on chain only okay that's awesome um frog monkey and how about yourself yeah um well first of all thank you for having me here um happy to have the opportunity to talk more about DAOs and uh what's going on on polygon um my journey in crypto started also in 2017 with the ico craze mm -hmm. um i was actually a senior in college at the time and i had like a job lined up and everything i was going to go work in consulting and um, I had a housemate who was really into uh, this this thing called Ethereum at the time and uh, was basically sort of disillusioned with school, wanted to basically drop out and start a company um, with uh, sort of in, in sort of the cybersecurity field. Um, and, you know, we were friends. I had a job lined up, I figured, oh, this would be like a really cool sort of uh, thing for me to do. 
uh, in my final months of college. And um, as with all things in crypto, the more I read about it, the more I just kind of went down the rabbit hole and ended up um, quitting or uh, ended up rejecting that job offer, jumping full into crypto. Um, and so I did that from 2017 until or late 2017 until early 2019. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot, um, you know, basically building through the bear market, I think, gave me a lot of exposure to um, the underlying values and fundamentals uh, beyond just the, uh, you know, the ICO craze of 2017. Um, but eventually I did get burned out. Um, wow. I left crypto to go work at a uh, SaaS startup in the Bay Area. I worked there as a writer for um, basically up until the beginning of 2020. 2021, sorry. Um, at that point, I kind of got bored. I feel like, you know, once you get into crypto, it's really, really difficult to um, find that energy and excitement outside. And so I started diving back into crypto. I subscribed to Bankless. Uh, you know, May came around. They sent us the email saying that they created a DAO. I got my token airdrop. Um, and I was exploring, you know, the Bankless DAO Discord for about a week. And after that week, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I quit my job and I've been working full time at the DAO since then. Um, and I've also recently started as an editor at uh, Bankless HQ as well. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully, you know, fully in the, the Bankless ecosystem. Um, I, I'd say my role is sort of operations, uh, heavily involved in the Writers Guild, and um, sort of like high-level thinking about, you know, how, how to sort of move the ball forward, because um, given that we're so young, um, there's still a lot of things that we're learning and building. Um, and so just keeping those sort of priorities top of mind so that we can reach a stable state and, and scale, I think, are uh, sort of the, the big topics in, in my head that I, that I or the big problems that I try to focus on. Got you. Got you. So you admit, you mentioned like Bankless, Bankless HQ, as well as Bankless DAO. What is the difference between the two? Yeah, great question. Um, so I feel like there, there's a couple different ways to start a DAO or really just, yeah, I guess two different ways to start a DAO in my opinion. I think one is to start with a centralized entity and then um, once reaching a degree of, you know, adoption, reach scale whatever you want to call it then you like DAOify, right so that's what a lot of the big protocols have done um that's also what you know bankless hq did because they basically you know built up their brand um in their community before starting to DAOify. and the second avenue is to start with the DAO, um which i think you're seeing a lot more of in the current cycle um you know anywhere you look there there are people basically creating DAOs for their products or their projects or their ideas and so Bankless started with the um, the first model, right? They they built up their brand, they built up their community, and then they started. Then they be, they chose to DAOify. Um, the problem there is, well, you you've already built up this uh, sort of centralized control of the brand or of the protocol, if you're you know say a DeFi protocol. Um, and so the question is, well, how do you really transfer that over to the community without uh, inherently having a centralized point of uh, control or sway? And mm -hmm. I think the um, Bankless HQ did a really good job in that they are not very involved with the DAO. Um, 
I think over time they have become a little bit more involved just because we've matured a bit and they found ways to sort of plug in and I can talk more about that. But you can basically think of Bankless HQ as a, a node in a broader ecosystem. Um, that ecosystem being, you know, the Bankless DAO ecosystem where we're, um, you know, we have our set of products, we have our set of uh, media, um, you know, the, the, the media outreach that we're doing, uh, we have NFT projects. And so we have like a, a thriving ecosystem of all these different places and sort of areas of interest. Uh, and Bankless HQ is just a single node in that network, uh, albeit a very, you know, powerful node in, in that they have incredible reach and they have um, a lot of sort of community alignment, but a node nonetheless. Right. And you mentioned like your the bankers products. Could you maybe go over what it is that you guys do? Um, like what you offer? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd say so our, our mission is basically bringing this bankless way of life through three avenues, um, media, culture, and education. And so we try to build products and try to uh, you know, build services around those three arms. So media, um, we have our newsletter, right? Um, we have, which right now is uh, the Bankless DAO weekly roll-up the Decentralized Arts newsletter, which Grendel is uh, spearheading, and another newsletter that we recently started called State of the DAOs. Um, oh, cool. And so those are some of the more like primary on-ramps into sort of the Bankless DAO ecosystem. We have a podcast that we've started as well, um, which has sort of laid the rails for an underlying podcast hatchery program as well. And so you know we want to basically be this media powerhouse um, sort of disseminating high quality content um, in the same way that Bankless HQ does. The other avenue is education. Uh, we're building out an education product. So you can basically think uh, very similar to Rabbit, Rabbit Hole, um, yeah. except built out in a bit of a decentralized way. And um, I think we're targeting slightly different audiences as well. Um, but the, the product is very similar uh, in that we're trying to basically gamify um, how people can get onboarded into different crypto projects. Um, sorry for the background noise, I'm on the road. Um, and then culture would be really uh, apparel and NFTs. And so um, we've done the Bankless DAO drops, no doubt you probably see them on Twitter. Um, we do like a weekly NFT sale and we've recently uh, built out this large NFT project that has sort of spun out into its own entity. Um, and so those are sort of major, uh, I guess, in line with the, the mission of um, how we're going to get the world to go bankless. And then the other, um, the, the last sort of slate of products are uh, uh, sort of software products as well. So we built out a bounty board, um, which is sort of a, as it sounds, it's uh, a, a way for you to basically grab um, tasks and items that need to be completed throughout the DAO, whether it's designing something, whether it's writing something, whether it's beta testing something, um, just anything to uh, sort of quickly like bootstrap uh, labor for a particular project. Um, and the second software tool is uh, a Discord bot that is meant to sort of automate a lot of the 
tedium of managing um, managing a DAO within Discord. So whether that's like POAP distribution, um, it plugs into the bounty board, um, whether it's sort of like uh, scammers that are trying to spoof usernames. Um, yeah, it, it's basically a, a Discord native bot that was built for how DAOs actually use Discord. Uh, and it came out of necessity, right? We, we built it not for the express, uh, not for the purpose of, you know, having other DAOs adopted, but because we needed it. And obviously if we needed it, then, you know, other DAOs probably needed it as well. Oh, cool. Hey, was that a bounty within your, uh, within your DAO to get that set up? No, it, it sort of started as a project. Um, okay. So there, there are basically, we have these sort of two coordination primitives in the DAO. Um, guilds and projects gotcha. um so guilds are talent pools right we have a design guild we have a marketing guild we have an av guild we have a, you know uh writers uh developers whatever whatever um core competency you can imagine you know we have um defined as a guild and that's basically just a aggregate of talent that you can then source from for these things called projects. And projects are really the way that you sort of push the ball forward on the bankless mission. Um, so our newsletter is a project, um, the Discord bot is a project, the bounty board is a project, the NFT showcase is a project. And so those are uh, things that we've built on top of guilds that basically source talent from the guilds in order to uh, drive towards a particular objective. Whether that is objective is creating a new, a new newsletter, uh, you know, creating a new software product, um, creating, you know, whatever. Um, and so those are sort of the core coordination primitives. So anytime you join the DAO, that those are sort of the places that you get plugged in. You either join a project or you join a guild. Okay, gotcha. I, I, I do have a I do have a question uh, that popped up while you were talking, like. You had mentioned your your audience. Who exactly is the bankless audience? I don't know if Grindle, if you wanted to take that one or Frog Monkey. Yeah, sure. Well, we have a, a really broad audience, I can say. Mm -hmm. um, most of the people are uh, um, most of the people that are approaching right now are people that are very different from from where they come from, let's say. We have uh, people that are already expert in De DeFi, people that know about crypto since years, and now they are approaching the, the DAO space. And they want to be involved with it. And uh, they want to understand how they could move a full crypto sometimes. And then uh, the other part of the spectrum, we have a uh, people that uh, is uh, that started reading uh, the newsletter the bankless newsletter and uh, listening and watching the podcast and they are interested on everything that is happening on crypto not just on DAOs let's say it is something that uh, they are looking for a solution of um, to the problems that they see what uh, of course uh, it is a uh, uh, said uh, during the podcast and in the newsletter. So we have uh, many different people and the audience is very, very different. We can say that uh, thanks uh, to the guilds, we are able to um, 
to teach both of the kind of people that uh, uh, I was mentioning, but of course, uh, we cannot say that uh, there are just two different people, that there are many, many shades, of course. But uh, with the, those uh, girls, we are able to teach them how to uh, work, how to build, how to relate to other people in the DAO, and also how to approach crypto in general. Because the, one of the, as, as Frog Monkey said, uh, the main um, uh, purpose for, for Banklet DAO is uh, educational. So we teach them how to go, how to go on DeFi, what they should do in order not to be scammed, what to do uh, in order to invest. Also, we started, uh, also Bankless DAO has uh, um, a fund in order to e uh, make easier people to invest in crypto, let's say. So this uh -huh. audience is so, so vast, so large, that it is difficult to uh, say every one of them uh, what, what kind of, uh, of origin that has. But uh, we, as I told you, we can say that uh, we have uh, both a very expert and uh, new people to crypto. Yeah, I feel like whenever uh, somebody asks me they want to learn more about crypto, I just send them to Bankless. But you also have OGs that also watch Bankless. Everybody, I think, uses it to kind of keep current, aside from, I guess, crypto Twitter. Yeah, well, I think the, the common theme there is everyone should go go bankless, right? And so <laughs> um, if you can maybe touch upon why it's so important that uh, this, this, movement, this movement, this bankless movement um, keeps pushing forward, that would be great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, so I, I think this ties to... Um, your previous question about audience, right? I, I think the long-term audience, and this goes back to our vision. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, uh, I might be butchering it here, but our vision is basically for anyone with an internet connection to have the financial tools required to achieve financial self-sovereignty. And so when we talk about audience, really the audience is, again, anyone with an internet connection. Um, and that is very broad, and that is a long-term audience. That's different than the audience that we're trying to target right now because we're trying to um, sort of build the infrastructure so that we can create an organization capable of um, targeting that sort of broader audience. But the reason that we're so set on this idea of going bankless is, you know, comes down to financial self-sovereignty, right? Because finance and capital and money are basically they're all like leverage, right? They're basically ways that, or they're, they're tools that we can use to build better lives for ourselves, for the people that we love, for the people, you know, that we um, care about, whether it's, again, whether it's like intimate family or um, building like a really great organization that does great stuff that benefits people. Mm -hmm. And to tie that leverage up in the hands of these centralized entities that basically can tell you like, Hey, this is how you're allowed to use your money. Hey, this is when you can access your money. These are the terms and conditions in which, um, you know, we'll, 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 we will let you use your money, right? Like just how, I don't know, how messed up does that sound? Right. How many times have you tried to go to a bank account and, and tried to like withdraw money and they ask you all these, um, 
unnecessary questions that really isn't anyone's business. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the, the idea of going bankless basically um, to let people use capital and leverage in the way that they see fit without anyone sort of blocking them from um, or, or dictating the terms in which they're allowed to do that. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, and I think also the thing is, is when you have, when you have the power in your own hands uh, or, you know, if you're able to control your money, a lot of the responsibility falls now on you. And so you do really need to be educated in how to like, how to use your money, like where to use your money and things like uh, bankless uh, really, I mean, really are essential to help you get educated on. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think that's an excellent point. Um, and that's why the sort of next generation of people that um, will <laughs> learn about finance, you know, they're not going to learn about it through school or, you know, maybe they will. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to learn about it through traditional means. They're not going to wait until they're, they're 18 and they can set up, uh, a brokerage account and they can look at this confusing dashboard of um you know equity products they're going to learn about it through crypto and i think right now we're setting the rails for what are the right education tools and products that will enable this next generation to get their hands dirty um in a very low risk way and so i think like I mean, this is maybe a little bit off topic, but I, I think like the, the biggest, um, the, the thing I'm most bullish about for crypto adoption is the fact that future generations and just e even like the, the current like young generation, um, they have access to these financial tools without anyone telling them they can or cannot, right? There's no age restriction. There's no like, regulatory restrictions saying, you know, like, like you can't open up a brokerage account until you're 18 or whatever. Um, people are just able to start experimenting. And when they see that they can put their money to use um, in these sort of innovative ways, it's just, it's, it's a hook. And once you're in, you're in. Mm -hmm. Right. And not just like age as well as like wealth. I think if you look at the traditional financial world, if you want to get, you know, leverage against your, you know, portfolio or something, you have to be a millionaire, right? If you want to access different kinds of services from a bank, uh, you kind of have to be worth it to them, right? <laughs> but when you're talking about a protocol that's permissionless, right? Um, they have tools and you can access them. Uh, and now with like L2s and scaling solutions, um, you know, like these don't really matter. So like you have 10 yeah, you can do it. Definitely. Like what, what is an accredited investor, right? Like what qualifies right. anyone to be an accredited investor? That's the biggest Nothing. It's, it's, yeah. it's an arbitrary It's an arbitrary rule that people put in place to protect wealth. And exactly. that is exactly what crypto is trying to tear down, right? It's, it's equity and equality for financial tools and for financial products. Sorry, yeah, I'm getting a little bit passionate. No, no worries. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think Chainlink God had posted something about that. Um, you know, like accredited, accredited investors are just an excuse to keep the rich richer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, let's let's dive in, I guess, maybe deeper into like the the DAO, right? Like the DAO space. Um, why, like, I guess, why why are DAOs so important? 
in in this uh, DeFi world. Gradle, you want to take that first? No, no, no. Go first. I think that uh, we can have uh, both uh, good good answers. So start. You start. Sure. Um, so I think really, I think DAOs are a cultural phenomenon um, more so than anything else, right? Because I think the, the the crypto space as a whole has such an intense focus on decentralization. Um, so it was only natural for us to envision um, sort of coordination in a decentralized manner as well. And that's not a novel concept, right? There are varying degrees of centralization and decentralization within existing organizations. Um, so if you've ever been in the DAO space, you've probably heard of, say, teal organizations um, or the, the book Reinventing Organization, um, where sort of it's this idea of like off-chain DAOs, basically, um, and how those models of organization coordination have been incredibly successful and all these different use cases around them. And so um, I, I think the ideas of DAOs are not, I mean, they're, they're, they're not novel. It's just we involve ourselves in an ecosystem and in a community that values decentralization so heavily that that becomes a default way of organizing. Um, and I think the benefits of that are really untold because we're still discovering them, right? So for one, I think um, sort of decentralized decision-making um, is a great way for making decisions at scale where you don't have a, a, a centralized core uh, of people that are constantly, you know, battered with um, making decisions with asymmetric information, right? Um, so if you've ever worked at a startup um, or really a large company, trying to move the ball on um, really any decision requires you to go to someone in the C-suite and say, hey, what do you think about this? And often those people are making these high level decisions without um, a lot of the underlying um, context required for like what is going to be the optimal decision. And I've experienced that firsthand. I've worked at startups. So, you know, I, I, I've sort of seen that play out and it's very frustrating. And so I think uh, decentralized decision-making um, does work at making decisions at scale. I think there's a cultural component of it where you are um, involved in the growth of the organization and your opinions matter, your input matters, your decisions have, like, they, they, I mean, your, your votes quite literally count um, in a very literal sense. And so that degree of empowerment, that... Um, that element of ownership um, creates a lot of buy-in and a lot of sort of community cohesion. Um, I think there's, anyone can really get involved in DAOs. I mean, there are some DAOs that have barriers to entry, um, but a lot of DAOs don't. And so, um, you know, if you ever want to get involved in a space or if you ever want to get involved with a project or a product, unlike companies that have very robust recruiting cycles uh, and contracts, none of that exists, right? You can basically just find a way to get plugged in and, and start providing value and then you get compensated for it. I think that's the other thing is um, if you look at DAOs, 
or especially for Bankholzdao, we have a very strong um, sort of community culture and values around paying people for the work that they do. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm like a little bit all, all over the place here, but I, I think like basically the, what, a, what, what DAO, what the, the, the value of a DAO boils down to is the ability to um, attract labor and talent and create a community environment in which that labor and talent is valued, um, which creates a strong cohesion uh, and enables the broader community to grow and make decisions at a faster and faster rate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, one of the one of the pieces that you touched on that I think is very important is really that idea meritocracy where everybody can can share their ideas. And when you have a bunch of people sharing their ideas, you end up with you know much better ideas than than any you know any one person could have really come up with. Yeah, I mean, if you ever spend time in like the MakerDAO forum or like the Sushi forum. Like it's pretty nice because you start with a good idea, right? The team members usually put out a good idea. And then the way that it really takes uh, life when people start uh, inputting and you get like people from all sorts of backgrounds, like really thinking about a topic. So instead of being like three developers in a room, you got like hundreds of people, uh, you know, putting their input. And then also they like when they're putting in their input and they feel like they've been heard, like it, you know, they buy in, they buy into that idea, which... I think is is very important. I I do want to see if uh, Grindel, if you had something that you wanted to touch upon that that topic. I could say that uh, Frog uh, covered a lot, and uh, I always really love uh, listening to Frog uh, as uh, uh, as he exposed everything. He's very clear on uh, what he said, and. Um, and uh, most of the time, uh, even if uh, uh, it seems that uh, that he starts from one point to arrive to another, let's say, uh, he always stays absolutely on the point of the of the question. And this is something I really love when when he starts talking about and about doubt about everything. I would uh, say that uh, I love the how the single person that the individual can be empowered inside the DAO and I think that uh, seeing so many people approaching and uh, uh, understanding their um, surprise when they uh, they note they understand that what they say is valued that the other people are listening to them it is amazing because it it seems uh, as uh, our current society is not giving voice to anyone and the DAOs are a way for communities to be built from scratch where everyone is uh, there to listen to the others and as you said before with all the forums this is very very powerful because I agree to everything that uh, Frog said for me one of the parts that is um, more fascinating and more important in the DAOs is this uh, surge of a new way as uh, democracy could be uh, could be shaped so a democracy where individuals uh, uh, consider themselves really equal and uh, 
consider that uh, it does not matter where other people are coming from and such, but they listen to each other to decide together what it is better for the community itself. Oh, I love that. I love one, that. One, thing, yeah. one thing that I just want to reinforce um, from what Brendel said is like the importance of community and specifically culture within that community, right? So um, I think in a lot of traditional organizations, yes, there is company culture, especially in startups. Um, and that's become to, that, that's, we've started to discuss that more um, in the broader zeitgeist of like, well, how should companies interact and treat their employees and things like that? But um, at the end of the day, companies still have these top-down hierarchies that ingrain culture into um, the way they make these top-down decisions. DAOs don't have that luxury of hierarchical decision-making as a way to reinforce culture. Instead, we need to rely on people and community to reinforce culture. And so it's incredibly important to embed the right cultural values into your organization first, because if, if, if that starts to fray, if that starts to fall apart, then everything starts to fall apart because DAOs ultimately come down to people. And the way that people treat other people is integral for um, creating a healthy organization that people want to be a part of. Yeah. And so, you, yeah. And so, sort of the, the summation there is like when you're thinking about starting a DAO, if you're in a DAO, think about what are the cultural values that you are trying to embody and the values that you are signaling when you interact with your community. How do you talk to people? Right. How, you know, how, how forgiving are you of mistakes? How, mm -hmm. um, how quickly are you to support ideas versus, you know, be skeptical about them? Um, and those are all things that, you know, people are going to notice when they're partaking in your forums and your Discord chat. Um, and they're very soft things that you don't really notice. Um, so yeah, community is everything. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what are some other things if, if somebody's just uh, young in the DAO space and trying to uh, open up a DAO? Um, what are some other things that uh, they should, you know, they should think about when when building that community? Ooh, that's when a good I go question. For it, yeah, go on, uh, You are better than me on replying not to. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, I mean, Randall, your, your, your input is equally valuable. Um, so if you're new to the space, I wouldn't start a DAO. DAOs are a lot of work. They are way, it's way more difficult, in my opinion, to start a DAO um, in terms of like building a healthy organization um, than starting a company. Because in a company, you have very clear um, structures in place that help sort of uh, contextualize how to make decisions and how to go about pushing the ball forward. In DAOs, that's still very experimental. And on top of that, 
with a company, you know, the, the whole point of a DAO is to basically build a community. Um, and if you don't have a lot of experience um, or haven't been part of community-driven organization, it's difficult. Um, it's not impossible, but my suggestion would be, like, if you're new to the space, join a DAO first. And just see right. how DAOs operate before you go out and make the decision to start your own. Um, if you do decide to start your own, I would say have a very strong purpose in mind um, before you go and like start, you know, marketing it or whatever, or like trying to build uh, visibility around it. Um, and the reason is because, like, again, DAOs are not inherently profit-driven organizations. DAOs are built around um, doing something broader than just maximizing profit, right? So I, I think the perfect example of that is like ClimateDAO, right? Um, so I heard about ClimateDAO through Bankless HQ podcast. They're basically like, they're, they're a DAO that's trying to um, sort of tackle climate change problems. And that's, you know, not an inherent uh, goal that you would start a company with. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have a strong mission, if you don't have a strong reason that you're starting a DAO, um, it'll be very difficult to retain core contributors. Um, so really think about what you're doing, really think about why you're doing it, and think about what the uh, what your organization at scale would look like. Um, and then try to find like-minded people that believe in the same thing. And from there, um, just start ideating, just start brainstorming. And I, I think in time, um, it'll, it'll make sense when to DAOify. Um, but really, yeah, I really just really nail down the reason that you're trying to start an organization. And then find the like-minded people um, that will help you build that organization. Um, and once you achieve some amount of notoriety, recognition, uh, community buy-in, um, then then start a DAO. Right. And, and in the spirit of a DAO, we have a lot of people like commenting and asking questions as well in the chat. So yeah. I'd love to, Ben, if there's a few that you wanted to pick Yeah, out. I mean, I think if I were to summarize them, that a lot of people are talking about this idea of like autonomy um, because there's like DAOs that, you know, you have like contributors, but then there's like a divide, right? Between core contributors and then kind of like community contributors. Um, and sometimes maybe community contributors feel like they don't have as much of a voice or they can contribute, but not, you know, that much. Um, because there's like, I guess a point where you go completely DAO. And uh, I, I don't know if I've seen any DAO completely go that way. There's always some remnants of like, I guess, control. But I, I think, I think shapeshift is a great example. Go ahead. I think shapeshift is a great example, right? Because they, they basically um, build an organization in a centralized fashion. Um, their community members started to like basically advocate for creating a DAO. And now shapeshift is the process of, of DAOifying, um, which again goes back to that, what I was saying earlier about the two different models of DAOifying, which is one to have a centralized organization, 
um, build out the brand, build out the product, build out the protocol, and then sort of hand it off to its users versus uh, creating a DAO um, as a way to build the product in the first place. Right, 100%, especially, I guess, also the process of, of, of getting there. Um, looking here through the questions, we've got a lot coming in. Uh, anyway, if I can talk about the, let's say, the divide between core contributors and community contributors. Uh, <laughs> I can say that uh, Bankless DAO can say that have so many core contributors, we don't have five of them, six of them. There are many. We have this thing we have, that we, we have call 70, 70 something. Two. Yeah, exactly. And uh, also all the community contributors, we can, we can call them like this, but uh, they write in the forum, they have their own proposal, they have their own project. Also, we have projects that are pushed by what we call the guest passes. So there are members that they don't have the tokens, enough tokens to be considered, let's say, members of the DAO. But uh, I can say that maybe Bankless DAO in some ways is different from any others, but uh, I don't see such a big, uh, let's say, difference between what core contributors does and uh, do and the others. Yeah, there is something, of course, but uh, no one is uh, uh, is limited and cannot be, be become, let's say, a, a core contributor. There are many every every season, as we call call them. We have more contributors that become core contributors, going more and more uh, on chain, going more and more full time, uh, doing stuff, talking, helping others. Most of the time, you find people that start doing something without uh, anyone asking them. Could be on onboarding people. Uh, I see sometimes that there are two or three people, new people, let's say, not new to the DAO, but uh, people that were not doing it before and start doing it. And so time, uh, in, in some ways, uh, they are becoming core contributors too. And expanding off that, just to clarify, like the way you become a core contributor in Bankless DAO is you're uh, basically nominated by, um, you can be nominated by anyone in the DAO. Um, you have to be seconded by at least one other core contributor. It's basically a signal to verify that, um, you know, hey, I've actually worked with this person. I have, I can vouch for the type of value that they're providing. And then we just do a poll. And the, the way that this often works out is the people that get elected to the core contributor status, um, that decision, we, we put the trust in the hands of other core contributors to vouch um, for that election. And so as far as I know, there's only been one instance in which someone was nominated for a core contributor and there was some pushback. Every other time, right, for like, you know, more than 50 core contributors, it's always been people that are vouched for by the community and we trust the community to curate um, that nomination um, to be the most like, the, to be sort of robust. 
Um, and so the, the basically like the way you minimize a divide between say community contributors and core contributors is you make that, that funnel, that pathway, um, you're very visible, you're, you're very transparent about how to go from A to B and you do so in a relatively permissionless way. I like that. I like that idea a lot of having things kind of laid out, you know, this is how you become a contributor or this is how you become, I guess, like a full, full-time core contributor. Yeah. A yeah. lot of good lessons, I guess, for, for DAOs, early DAOs. Absolutely. Especially kind of going through some of the, the comments and, and questions here. It's, you know, there, there still is a, a problem within DAOs to where you can have, you know, one person come in with a bunch of money, you know, buy up a lot of governance tokens, right. you know, and then, um, you know, sway votes quite heavily, uh, even though maybe they're not the most active person within the community. Um, is that something that I'm, I'm sure it's something that y'all have, have seen um, throughout your, throughout your time in DeFi. Uh, do you have any kind of thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so let me, let me just take this one real quick and then, uh, I, I do have to head out shortly. Um, so this will just be my, my last question basically. Um, and then Grendel, you know, you're, you're more than welcome to stay on as long as you need to. Um, yeah. Uh, token, token weighted voting sucks. <laughs> There's really no, no two ways about it. I think it is a very primitive form of governance. Um, but I think we're in the process of moving towards, more equitable forms of voting. It's just a matter of implementing them. Now, that being said, um, I, I think the issue is more complex than just uh, token voting versus non-token voting. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really think that there are various different uh, situations and circumstances in which you want uh, different types of voting. I think there are circumstances in which uh, token voting makes sense. Uh, I think there are circumstances in which like quadratic voting makes sense, uh, in which sort of like the Moloch DAO structure makes sense. And so um, I think instead of having just a single method of voting, which right now most DAOs do, what I would like to see happen is we define situations and circumstances um, where like different subsets of the community will vote on various different things. Um, and each of them will have their own curated method of voting depending on what the needs uh, and sort of outcomes and consequences of that decision are. Um, right now, none of them really come to mind just because like, you know, I've sort of been thinking about this in the back of my head. It's not a huge priority um, just yet, but as Bankless style moves more on chain, which I suspect will do... Uh, you know, progressively throughout, um, you know, most of next year, um, I, I'm sure we'll start to see different circumstances in which different token or different voting methods um, will will be more optimal than than others. But I mean, on a whole, I think yeah, I think token weighted voting just kind of sucks. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Frog Monkey, and, and I know you have to to head out. So really, thank you for um, for sharing your thoughts. And thank you for spending some time with us, and we'll we'll catch up afterwards. Um, yeah, it was it was a pleasure being here. Thank you all for your time as well. Um, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to just hit me up on on Twitter or on Discord. Uh, no promises that I'll get back to you, but I will do my best. Um, take care, everyone. Have a great weekend, and 
uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for everyone. I talk. See ya. Perfect. Um, and so Grindel, um, thank you for thank you for staying on. We, we've got just a couple more questions. We won't hold you too long. I know we've kind of gone a little bit past our uh, a lot of time. Yeah, our a lot of time. Um, so yeah, here, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, perhaps we can uh, keep the conversation going. Uh, talk a little bit more about Cheeto. Like, um, have you gotten to read up about you know who we are, what we do? We'd love to get your thoughts on on the protocol yeah, on course. the health. Yeah, of course, I know Chidal, and uh, I studied also a bit before uh, talking with you, but uh, I was already aware of it and uh, of the governance and everything. I like what you're doing, and uh, uh, as you know, I am passionate about Polygon, so be having you there is also uh, very important for me. Um, your way of giving loans uh, is uh, revolutionary in my opinion and i think uh, the more and more uh, project should uh, be should uh, be considered as a possible collateral this is something when bankless a bankless dao will have uh, its own bank token move to l2 maybe we could consider because there is something I that I really, I really love on what you wrote on the docs. There is the contributor payroll made with a collateral but paid in stable. This is something that I think would revolution everything in the DAOs because people would be paid in something that they own as share of the community they are part of but then they will be able to spend them without spend actually spending them but spend them for their needs because uh, if you go 24 hours a day in crypto you have to eat also and sleep and then you have to spend some money and mm -hmm. the most of the time in DAOs, when the liquidity is low you know that uh, if you're going to spend those uh, tokens you are also causing the, the token to go down or you're spending them and then you are not part of it in some way or your your share is lower is uh, smaller than before so i think that uh, maybe it was just a couple of lines of your doc but i think it was a really interesting and uh, kind of inspiring too oh that's great yeah thank you that was uh that was beautiful Really happy to hear that. But yeah, I mean, I love how you said about the like the token. I would love to have it as collateral. I mean, my, my goal is to have as many collateral tokens as possible while, of course, making it safe, right? Like, we wouldn't want to add any token, but yeah, definitely uh, a good collaboration there. Um, I did want to ask you, if, if you had anything you could ask of our Cheetah community, what would it be? Sorry, I had some problems with my mouse. Okay, so, sorry. <clears throat> well, uh, my first question is always how you could come with such a beautiful logo, but uh, I already asked you a couple of times. Uh, what I would like to ask beside this is uh, um, 
I am in your Discord, but uh, just since today, and I've seen that you have a lot of participation, you have a lot of discussions and such. Uh, I would like to have your opinion on uh, how do you think that Bankless DAO could uh, go better, could be better implementing something that you are actually doing? In your real opinion, what do you think that uh, Chidao community strength could uh, teach something or could uh, in, improve something in Bankless DAO. Yeah, I think like first, first and foremost, our our community it grew very very organically. There was no like you know paid like paying to try and get community members in, and so what you really like started off with was a group of people who were actually using the product. I really love the product, wanted to, you know, chat and really give their feedback on how to make it better. So that was that was one of those elements that we um, that we saw that really helped get us to where we are now, where we have a very passionate, educated uh, community that, you know, loves when anybody new comes in, loves answering questions when people have it. Uh, I think uh, another piece was, I mean, for us, we're very like we're a small team. Uh, we only have certain amount of hours in a day and we like, we need, you know, we need help. And I think for us, we, um, you know, we really try to listen to the community as much as we can. And as well, if the community has ideas that they want to really take forth by themselves, we enable them to do that where, you know, we don't try and put handcuffs on, on people like, Hey, yeah, no, um, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. If they, really think of something that's going to move the DAO forward. Um, you know, we, you know, we encourage them to absolutely do that. And I think when you do that, you empower, uh, like you empower the people within the community to, you know, want to do more. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard, I think, like, um, especially for early people. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, what we can, um, you know, what we have that bankless doesn't, right? Because you guys are, you know, the DAO, right? Um, and like, we're still a young project. I think we're, working on how we can empower our, our contributors more and how we can bridge the divide between like core contributors and you know community members because that's that's difficult and I think that's something that many DAOs struggle with. Um I, I think just constant communication within DAOs, I think that would definitely help if um you know we can improve how we share different innovations from different DAOs. That that would definitely help. Yeah I, I think another another big thing is really having having these like core champions within the DAO and, and really supporting them. Like, for example, we have a, <laughs> we have like Rathers in our community that um, is always, always a help. He will, you know, he will help rally the troops. If we need something, he'll help get people excited about it. Nacho in our community. I mean, we um, have a bunch. We have like, yeah, yeah. I, a lot of them are in the chat right now, like Royal 8 gig buying. <laughs> It's just, um, it's incredible. Yeah. But like having a, a strong community mod, like, uh, like Nacho, I think is, um, is very important because for for us as well, we only have certain certain times that we can hop into you know Discord or Telegram and and be a hundred percent available. Um, having people you know be there, um, educated people is is always a help. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop rambling there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, give me the time to say hi to writers because uh, we we knew each other since before, and I really appreciate everything that he does all the time. That's very uh he's very humble there. Um 
But yeah, um, thank you so much for your time, Grendel. Um, we really appreciate you coming on. I know we went a little bit over our time, um, but yeah, very much appreciate your insights. Yeah, exactly. Did you have anything last you wanted to share or uh, just, I know that you're doing a lot with uh, within Polygon, if you wanted to share anything that you're doing there before we... Uh, well, uh, as you know, we started the Polygon ecosystem DAO and uh, everyone from ChiDAO is uh, invited to be there, to share their thoughts, to uh, talk with others, to, to, to be community everywhere. I think that uh, sometimes DAOs tend to, tend to be too much, uh, let's say, uh, I, I would not say gated, but something like that. We are closing communities that are working together in many, many different Discord servers. And maybe one day we will find another way to do communities inside the same place where we can actually work together every every time. So this is something that I would like to achieve one day. So uh, let's say a very big DAO, something that maybe no one of us is conceiving right now, that uh, uh, let every one of us uh, interact with others, uh, creating uh, maybe volatile or very fast or even strong communities inside that can talk each one to each other and everyone can be in as many communities as once without uh, having to find a new Discord server because everything is uh, under uh, under the, the eyes of everyone. So. This is just a hope and and the dream, I know, but this is something I would like to see. A very big community, a very big ecosystem. An ecosystem is made of people that are interacting, is made of protocols that are oper, uh, interop, that are able to be interoperable. Something that uh, it is not completely true right now, but this is something I think we should work together to to see it. I love it. 100%. Thank you so much, Grendel. It was a pleasure chatting with you. I loved hearing the the passion and energy from both you and, and Frog Monkey. Uh, it really, really showcases your 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 desire to see the DAO space uh, continue to grow. Yeah. Um, and and I guess we'll we'll see everybody on, on our Discord and uh, at the Bankless Discord. Yep. Already of course, folks. you're all, all invited in, uh, in the Discord server because uh, as everyone told me and Fragment told you before, uh, as you invited every one of us in your server, you are invited and it will be your server too because everyone that comes in Bankless DAO is a member of it. So it is open to anyone that wants to provide some uh, insight, some work, or just to hang out with others. Perfect. Thank you for having me and thank you. And uh, I hope everyone of, of you and uh, on everyone that is writing can have a beautiful weekend. Thank, Thank you. you so much. All right, you guys. Take care. We'll see you next time.